Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So cute. How cute was that? Thanks, kids team. That was awesome. I feel like that's a hard act to follow. Gosh, just got the cuteness factor. That was awesome. Our kids are beautiful. Who was blessed by that? Super fun, super fun. Um, For those of you that are new um, to church this morning, my name is Charlie. I just want to again say welcome. Thank you so much for spending your Mother's Day with us. We hope that you feel really blessed, really honoured, that you feel relaxed. Stick around after the service like what we've already said. We have some incredible people in our church family. So make sure you stick around, meet some people, get some free coffee. Um, Our coffee is actually, I think, I mean, I'm a coffee drinker every single day. Um, I have my cup of coffee. Um, And I think our church does one of the best coffees in town. So... Thanks for our coffee team for supplying us with much needed caffeine. Um, That's going to be awesome. Again, mums, happy Mother's Day. Oh my gosh. I feel like even because I asked Benara, I said, do you mind if I share on Mother's Day? Because I just think that mums, you guys, and to have just one day to celebrate you, I think is so hard sometimes to fit in all of our love and all of our thanks for everything that you do and for everything that you give constantly. The thing is, is it doesn't just end when your kids grow up and when they leave your house. I know this for a fact with my mum, even though I know I'm married, I still need her just as much as I did when I was 12 living at home, you know. So mums, you guys are incredible. It's You give your life to your kids and you give your life to your family. And for us to honour you, for us to thank you in one day I think you guys should have a month of Mother's Days um, so that we can just celebrate you fully Um, but we hope that today that you guys do feel blessed and I'm going to be sharing about mothers so thanks guys you can take your seats you can take your seats let's clap them they do a fantastic job so 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 I am talking today. Um, My beautiful mum is here. Um, And so I'm going to be sharing um, a little bit later about some truths that I got from her. So I got it from my mama, what I learned from her, um, what she taught me about God. But first, I just wanted to share, and mums, I mean, hopefully you can testify to this. I want to share some things. I found this... um, this little poem, I don't know, poem things, I was, when I was researching things that we learned from our mums. So we're going to pop it up on the screen and I'm going to read through it. So this is a little bit of a funny one and then I've got some other beautiful quotes. Um, so I got it from my mama. Let's see. So my mother taught me logic because I said so. That's why. My mother taught me medicine. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Interesting. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning the floors. Cool. My mother taught me to meet a challenge. What were you thinking? Answer me when I talk to you. Don't talk back to me. My mother taught me humour. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that stain comes out of the carpet. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. My mother taught me stamina. You'll sit there until all that spinach is finished. 
And my mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until your father gets home. I'm sure we can all testify to some of those things. Mums, have any of you said those lines more than once in your time? Yes, yes. Um, these are some other things. There's quite a few, but I just wanted to run through them. Um, I, I Googled the, the things that our mums say to us and what our mums teach us. And so some of these are funny. Some of these are actually quite beautiful. So the things that mums say to their kids. It's okay to make mistakes in life as long as you don't let them define you. We've got them up there. Always wash your face before bed. Mm-hmm. Respect yourselves and others will respect you. Marriage is not easy, but it's a wonderful thing. The house is not a gymnasium. This is true. Before we say anything negative about someone, we should always stop and ask ourselves three questions. Is it true? Is it kind? And is it necessary? You learn nothing when you only talk about yourself. I love that. That's actually some of us... Yeah, it's good. Um, always, it's like some of us probably need to take that on board. No, just um, always make your bed before you leave the house. I love this one. That is like that's me. I will tell my children that one day. Um, focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. Eat your food. Children are starving all around the world. It's true. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you don't want to clean the mess, then don't make the mess. I love this one. Don't go out with a wet head, you'll catch a cold. <laughs> How many times? I remember mum, oh, don't go to bed with a wet head because you'll catch a cold. Yeah. Um, don't sit too close to the television, it'll ruin your eyes. Don't talk with your mouth full. Eat your vegetables, they're good for you. Go and play outside, it's a beautiful day. Yes, don't stay inside when it's sunny. I know mums always love that. Um, when I was your age, I had to walk 10 kilometres through the snow uphill by myself to go to school. In other words, don't whinge. (laughs) Um, When you have your own house, then you can make the rules. Bored? How can you be bored? I was never bored at your age. If you're too full to finish your dinner, then you're too full for dessert. I love this next one. No man on earth will ever love you as much as your dad does. How beautiful. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. Listen to your gut instincts. You're never too old to need your mum. That's what I was saying before. Ask yourself, will this matter in 20 years from now? Very good. You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Don't go to bed angry. Family dinners around the table are important. I love that. Don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know what the future holds, but you know who holds the future. People who seem the least lovable need the love the most. Write handwritten thank you notes. They mean more to people than you realise. I love that. Hate is a very strong word. Use dislike instead. Be a lady. Etiquette is underrated, but it's oh so important. Before you leave the house, wash your face, clean your teeth and go to the toilet. And you will never know how much I love you. Hands up, mums, if you have said some of those things. Yes, all of the mums in the house. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. You hear them and it just brings you back hey, to your childhood. You're like, oh, yes, I remember that. Um, awesome. So like I said, I'm going to be sharing um, five things that I got from my mum. And I probably will get emotional just because I love her so much. <laughs> and um, oh, dear, I was like... <laughs> I just think, yeah, I have had such a privilege of growing up with an incredible family, an incredible, not just mum, mum and dad, but today we do honour the mums, so am I, I'm obviously going to be speaking about my mum, 
But I think I have been so blessed with my mum. And so I just want to share some truths about what she taught me because I think, oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. All the mums are like, it's okay. It's beautiful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I think that in a world where sometimes family structures are not the strongest. I think some of you might not have grown up with a fantastic mum. So Mother's Days might be really hard for you. I think some of you might have even lost your mum recently. So Mother's Days might have been really hard for you. But I think for me to be able to have the honour of standing up here and honouring not just my mum, but across the board, all of you beautiful mums, um, and to share with you what she shared with me. Because like I said, I know some of us might not have had the experiences that we've had, or others of you might not have a mum that goes to church or that believes in God. And so for me to be able to be brought up, and I'm so thankful for it, um, in the family that I've had, with the mum that I've had, who has constantly pointed me back to Jesus. Um, I just wanted to share some of that with you guys, if that's okay. So I actually have some photos because some of you might not know my mum. So let's see the first photo. This is my mum. when she went to Italy with my dad and my dad made her go in that photo and said, go on and take a photo. So this is my mum. No, no, but this is also my mum. I'll show you the next photo. This is my beautiful mum and dad. Do we have that one there? Oh, there they are. So... If those, for those of you what, that don't know, so my mum, again, is the most, one of the most beautiful people that I know, but she's the type of mum. This is when Benara and I came back from our honeymoon <laughs> and they, they picked us up from the airport and mum had a handmade sign that said, welcome home, Benaya and Charlotte, with little streamers off. And so that was Benaya's kind of, first, I mean, he's, he knows my mum, but her first experience of meeting her at the airport when she's, we've only been gone for a couple of weeks, but it feels like years to her. And so she's there crying and like running down going, oh, you're home. And everyone in the terminal's looking like, oh my gosh, it's like this long lost reunion that they've, they've like been gone for years and years. And we're like, no, it's only been a couple of weeks. But that's the type of... <laughs> That's the type of mum that my mum is. She's always so generous and so forth. And then I've got another photo. That's her with me and my sister, Anne. So it's just the two of us. Um, And so when I'm talking about her, I can't take all of the, I guess, you know, all of the love for myself. My mum has shared it equally between both me and my sister. So this is my beautiful mum. And I'm just going to share with you again, like I've said, some truths about the kingdom that she's taught me. So I got it from my mama, the first thing that my mum taught me. And this is from as early as I can remember. And I've only picked five, but there were so many things and so many scriptures that she constantly used to quote. So the first thing is, is the kingdom is what matters. The kingdom is what matters. From a really young age, I remember my mum quoting this verse, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. This is something that I've grown up with my whole life is to be kingdom focused and that it doesn't matter what we have and it doesn't matter on earth materially what we've got. 
but it matters um, how much we give. And I think if anyone knows my mum, she is somebody who is the most generous. She is the first person to offer up her love, offer up her home, offer up finances if it's needed. She's the first person to give and give constantly. And this was always something that she attested to is it actually doesn't matter what we have on earth. If you look around and you look at, you know, all that we society is telling us to try and gain and to try and attain, at the end of the day, it will all be wasted away. It will all go. We can't take anything with us. And I remember her telling telling me that, that, you know, you can never take all of this stuff with you. You can never take your car. You can never take your house. You can never take your jewellery. What matters is the kingdom. And what matters is what you do in this atmosphere, whether it's with church, with what you give out, in ministry, how you love people, how you're generous with people. They're the things that help you store up riches in heaven. And where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. And even throughout this church, I just want to encourage us just to do even a little bit of a self-check this morning as I'm going through these things. You know, how much do we value what we can see naturally? How much do we value what we've got and what we don't have? And it's always that constant thing of, I don't have this or I need to get this. or I'm, And how much of our prayers go towards that? Rather, how much more should we be thinking about? How much more can we give? How much more can we give and serve and love and be generous with our words, be generous with the way that we encounter people, be generous with our love for people, because that's the thing that at the end of the day, that's all that matters, storing up kingdom treasures. And even in that, storing up salvation, having been somebody who who preaches Jesus and who wants to see people saved because that, that person coming into an encounter with God and getting saved and being in the kingdom of God, that is a treasure. That is you storing up a treasure in heaven. So this is something that my mom always talk to me about that it doesn't matter what we have and what we don't have. We have Jesus and that's always more than enough. Our Jesus is always more than enough. And if we can learn that key, if we can learn to not be so focused on what we have, what we don't have, but more focused on what you can give and what you can help others receive from God, that's something that I think is such an incredible, powerful thing. The power of my mind is the second thing that my mom taught me. And it's this beautiful verse in Philippians 4, 6 to 8. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praise, worthy. Think about such things. This was a verse, again, that my mum used to quote to us. And I'm going to just kind of break it apart because there's so much in this. The first thing is, is that you are in control of your thoughts and what you dwell on. I remember my mum always used to talk, like, don't dwell on that. Don't dwell on that. You have the power in your mind to control what you think about, to control what you dwell on, to control what you meditate on. And I love that it says, you know, that we've got... um, truth where it says finally brothers whatever is true noble right pure lovely admirable excellent praiseworthy think about those things think about and dwell about dwell on meditate on the scriptures meditate on what God is doing meditate on the good things going back to that other verse meditate on what you've got not what you don't have meditate on the testimonies I love that we're sharing testimonies more in church because they're the things that encourage us it's so easy in our world 
to get so down, to get so distracted, to get so discouraged, to watch the news, to hear reports. There's so much negativity and there's so much going on that is can take our focus and can take our mind. But I love that in Philippians 4, it says, dwell on the things that are beautiful, that are truth, that are life. This is something that we have the power on. We actually have control over our mind, church. No one can force you to think anything. You have that control. That is yours. That is what you can, you know, fully take control of. And I love again that it says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, with testimony, we've been thankful about what God's doing. Present your request to God. And then, I love this. And then, once we've done that, once we've not been anxious, once, we, once we've come to God, once we've given it up to Him, it says, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which means you might not get it, you might not understand, it might be so still confusing and unclear, but it doesn't matter because that is what will guard your heart and your mind, the peace of God. Church, oh my goodness, if we actually understood this and we actually grasped the reality, the truth of God's Word says, when I'm anxious, I go to Him. I present it to Him and then I will have peace that guards my heart and my mind. I will. It's not a question of maybe. It's not a question of, oh, I don't know, maybe I'll still be stressed about it afterwards. This is God, the truth of God's Word. His peace will guard, not maybe. It will guard. And it won't just guard your heart. It will guard your mind. It won't just be something that you then feel like you're, you know, I don't know, still stressed about or whatever, it will guard your heart and your mind. If you are anxious in this place this morning, if you are stressed out, if you have worries, if you have concerns, present your request to God. Present it. It doesn't mean that it has to make sense. It doesn't mean that it will, you know, all be fine and all clear up and it will be fantastic. But it means that His peace will guard your heart and your mind. There might not be a solution. There might not be an answer, but His peace, His peace, the beautiful peace of our Jesus that comes and it encourages and it comforts and it gathers us up, us up and it gathers up our emotions. It will guard. It will guard. And I love this. My mum always, whenever she, whenever she said these scriptures, she would always emphasize that. Like she would always, she wouldn't just rush over it and say, you know, the peace of God which transcends all that will guard your hearts and your minds and crushes. She would be like, it will guard. It will. There is a definite in their church. Why do we doubt? Why do we doubt our Jesus? Why do we go to him with our problems and still go, oh God, maybe you'll be able to do that. And then we still are stressed. The word is definite. It is truth and it is life. And all you have to do is believe it. All you have to do is take the word for what it is and go, God, your word says that when I'm anxious, if I present my request to you, that you will guard my heart and my mind. It says it. So I don't know why we still don't get that sometimes, but it's, it's and I'm going to share a testimony um, about this. So I don't know, some of you know, some of you might not know, we had uh, shared this a couple of times in church before, but a couple of years ago, my mum actually had a brain aneurysm. And I was up in Sydney at Hillsong College um, studying up there. And I remember getting this phone call. And um, I remember getting this phone call um, that said that mum had been rushed to hospital because she had had a brain aneurysm. And I was up in Sydney 
And so, and I was with Jen, if anyone remembers, beautiful Jen Mitchell. Um, she was up there with me. We were living together at the time. So she was like, it's all good. I'll drive you down there because they were getting, mum was getting taken to Wollongong Hospital. And um, I remember going down there with Jen and she was just praying for me and I was getting like encouraging messages from people saying that they were with me. We had, I had lecturers up in college, beautiful Hillsong College, um, that, you know, were calling me, making sure I was okay, checking in. And I remember that whole time, obviously I was upset. Obviously I was stressed out. Obviously I was concerned. But there was just this peace. And we got to the hospital and um, the, the doctors were really, really concerned because it was really major. It was, it was a really serious deal. It wasn't just, you know, something that was, happened all the time. And they said, we have to do, um, we have to do emergency surgery on her brain. Um, there's really nothing that you guys can do, so just go home and we'll let you know what happens. And so Dad, Ange and myself went back home to Barry. We were like, okay. And then I remember Dad got a phone call from the surgeon and he said, look, I don't normally do this, but I just wanted to let you guys know it's actually really serious and there's a really strong chance that she's not going to pull through. I can't remember what the percentage was, but I remember it was quite significant. Um, And Dad just kind of said, okay, well, do what you need to do. Like there was nothing that we could do in that moment, but he said, do what you need to do, you know. She has to go in for surgery, do what you need to do. Put the phone down. I remember Dad telling us, Obviously, we were all upset. We were all crying. And I remember going to bed that night. And in the midst of the surgeon saying, look, your mum's probably not going to pull through. I went to bed and I remember laying there. And I remember saying to the Holy Spirit, okay, so I might wake up in the morning without a mum. And yet, and yet, and this is the testimony of my beautiful mum. She had quoted that verse for years and years and years. She had quoted that verse of, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But by every, when, but in every situation, with prayer and petition, present your request to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And so in that moment of going to bed, going, okay, there's a chance I'll wake up without a mum in the morning. There's a chance that this is it, God. This is a chance that, and I didn't know. I didn't have a sense of God will heal her. I didn't have that. I didn't have this, you know, oh, it's all going to be fine. And, you know, trust God. I didn't have that. But I had the peace. And I remember going to bed and I remember I slept. And it was so not normal because (laughs) I'm going to bed thinking my mom has gone in for brain surgery. Um, and I might not have her when I wake up. And so naturally, I should be tossing and turning and stressed. And, but I remember I slept. And I remember I slept because I felt his peace. And I remember I slept because I felt his arms around me. And I remember I slept because she had quoted that verse over and over again. Be anxious for nothing. And then obviously, well, my mum's here today. Dad came in, woke me up, woke Angie and I up in the morning and said, mum's out. The operation went for hours longer than what it was supposed to. But the miracle of that, and just to share with you, church, how incredible our God is, The miracle of that was that she had a major artery burst in her brain, not just a small one, one of her major ones. And when the surgeons got in there and they looked at the damage, they said 
there was nothing that should have stopped the bleed. There was nothing that would have contained it. But for some reason, which we obviously know is God, it was only contained to a small area. But there was no reason why it should have gone more. There was no reason why it should have leaked through the whole brain. And if it did that, it would have caused severe brain damage. But we know that our God, even though it happened, even though it was, a, it was shocking and it was awful and it was a horrible experience to go through, we knew that even though in that situation, God only allowed it to happen to a certain extent. It was almost like his hands were like cupped around. I, could, I remember when we heard that and I was like, God, it was like your hands were cupped around the bleeding saying, okay, it's happening, but it's only going to happen this much. And so obviously a miracle my mum pulled through. She's here today. Praise Jesus. Yes. So the power of your mind, be anxious for nothing. The next thing that my mum has taught me, number three, is that I am free. I am free. And we are called to live in freedom, church. We are not called to be bound. We are not called to be worried. We're not called to be insecure and little mice. We're called to be free in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That definite word, there is, not sometimes, not maybe, not every now and again, there is. It's definite where the Spirit of the Lord is. If you believe in Jesus and you believe that you have been born again into this incredible thing that we call church and Christianity and life with Him, there is freedom. There is freedom, not in some areas, in every area. And my mum, I love my mom because I remember growing up hearing her praise and hearing her worship around the house. She didn't care. She would sing. She would dance. And that whole idea of is we're not called to live bound. We're not called to live in a shell. We're not called to live in a cage. We're not called to be insecure. You're called to be free, church. You're called to have the freedom of Jesus, of new life, of truth running through your veins, running through your bones. Why do we shrink back? Why are we scared? Why are we insecure? It's because we don't know who we are and we don't know who He is. We forget about the truth of who He is. He didn't go to the cross and He didn't, you know, establish a new covenant for us so that we could still live in our ways, so that we could still just trudge through life and, you know, do our thing and just feel really like small and lonely. Like, no, He came to set us free. He came to set you free in, in every area, in your mind. Like I said, if there is anything in your mind that is anxiety or worry or fear or doubt, He came to set you free from that. In yourself, if you're insecure about who you are, if you don't know what you bring, if you don't know what your role is. He came to set you free. He came to give you a life of abundance that is above and beyond. And I know some people have a problem with prosperity teaching. I don't at all because I think that our God came to be a generous God and I think that our God wants to give us life and life to the full. I have no problems believing that God wants the best for me. I have no problems believing that my life is called to be a full, big, beautiful life. I have no problems believing that God wants to give and give abundantly to me so that I can give out. And I love that this verse, and I love that that's what my mum and my dad have showed me all of my life. Your life is not supposed to be sad and and and. I don't know, and just like trapped in this cage of nine to five, paying bills and, and just doing life the way that everyone else has, has lived it. You know that we are supernatural? If you believe in Jesus, if you believe in the power of what he's done for us, 
You're called to live a supernatural existence. You're called to see healings. You're called to see salvations. You're called to see dead people raised to life. You're called to see abundant, above and beyond provision. You're called to see angels and see incredible revival. That's what we're, our God is a supernatural God. I said it before, His normal and His natural is the supernatural. We are called to live free, church. And I think even, you know, I mean, I know that we're, we're getting there and we're learning and, you know, God is kind and He's generous to us. But I think we can be a lot more free than what we are. In our expression of worship, amen, or the worship team said amen in Jesus' name. In our expression of love towards each other in our expression of generosity towards each other, in our expression of believing God, having faith for something. What do we have faith for, church? What are we believing for? I was talking to, um, I shared it a little bit on um, the Wednesday night when we had our heart and soul night. And I said, you know, do we love what we do? Do we love what we do? Are we living our best life? Church, are you living your best life? Do you look at your week and think, yep, I'm living my best life. I love what I do. I love what God's doing. I love who I am. I love what I get to be a part of. If you're not, let me challenge you and encourage encourage you. You can be. You can be. I don't think our God came to want to see us strive and want to see us just get by and want to see us just, our God came to set us free. Free, free, free. Let's say that word over and over again if we have to till it gets in our head. You are called to be free. It doesn't mean that you won't have struggles. It doesn't mean that you won't go through hard situations. It doesn't mean that you're not going to still have challenges. I'm not going to say that your life's just going to be this big, beautiful, airy, fairy picture. It's not going to. But it just means that you're living in the abundance of Jesus and you're living in the goodness of what He's already paid for. The reality is, church, He's already paid for it. He's already said, okay, I've done, I've, I've gone to the cross, I've established a new covenant, which, oh my goodness, that in itself is so, such a crazy, crazy thought. He's established a new covenant. Let me just touch on that just for one second. In the Bible, it says there's five really significant covenants. And four of them were in the Old Testament and one of them was in the New Testament. And when Jesus came to the cross, when he died for us, everyone says, you know, he died for our sins. Yes, he died for our sins, 100%. But you know what he actually, the, the main significance of the cross is he established a new covenant, a new covenant that tore that curtain and that gave us direct access to the Father. Before that, we had to go through priests, we had to sacrifice, we had to do all of these religious acts to get righteousness. But Jesus came and he said, no longer. No longer do you need to perform those rituals. No longer do you need to go to a priest. You can go directly to me. And that is the significance of the cross. That is the significance of Jesus. Yes, our sin was paid for. He went to the grave and he conquered sin and death a hundred percent but let's not mix miss the fact that he gave us direct access to life to freedom to love to generosity he gave us that direct access and we forget we live our life and we just go through the motions and you forget I forget I forget all the time I forget but you are called to live free. You are called to live abundant. You are called to live without any bondage or any chains. Oh my goodness. If we could actually understand this truth, we would look and act so differently. So differently.
Freedom in Jesus' name across Celebration Church. Yes, please. That is something that my mum definitely taught me. Number four, I can trust him to guide me. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And what church? He will. He will. Definite, definite word. Not maybe, not sometimes, not on the odd occasion. He will make your path straight. When you submit to him, when you lean on him, when you trust him, he has got you and he will make your paths straight. I remember whenever there was big decisions, mum would talk, mum would quote this verse. If ever we were stressed about something, she would say, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. It's not something that we need to be concerned about. Again, when we trust him, when we lean into him, I love that. He is the one who guides me. He is the one who guides me. He is trustworthy. And do you know what? I, ne- I never remember, and I don't know if Ange does, but I never remember seeing mum worried or stressed about stuff. I don't. I always remember when it come- came to big decisions, there was never this sense of, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. Oh no. It was always just this steadfast Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's going to make our paths straight. He will. He will. It says it in the Word. It says that He will do it, so He'll do it. Just that, that childlike, unapologetic, sometimes it might be, I don't know, sometimes people might think it's ignorance or being naive, but just that abandoned, you said it, God, you'll do it. He will. If I trust you, which I do, if I lean on you, which I am, if I'm submitting everything to you, which I've just done, you'll make my path straight. You'll do it. You'll do it. I don't need to be stressed. I don't need to be worried. Your word says you do it. You'll do it. I take my hands off it and I just relax because you're going to do it. I love that. I love that. I love that. And this kind of flows on to the next point. In um, Romans 8.28, this is another thing that my mom has always taught, and it's just one, like I said, these are five of like so many. No matter what life looks like, he will always work it out for my good. No matter what my life will look like, he always works it out for my good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Let's go back one more. And we know that all things, again, that definite, all things, not some things, not the things that we, we think, all of them. Everything in your life will work out together for the good if you love God and you're called according to his purposes. He's got it, church. He's got it. And we need to trust him so much more than what we do. We still sometimes have our hands on things and hold so tightly to stuff. He's got you. Do you believe that he loves you enough to look after you? Do you trust him in your finances enough that he will provide for you? Do you believe that what his word says is truth, not just for the church, not just for the person that you are encouraging, but for you? Sometimes I feel like we can do this is we can believe it for other people, but we don't believe it for us. For some reason, we, I don't know, we think that it doesn't apply to our situation, all things, everything will work together together for the good for those who love God and accord according to his purposes. All things, 
all things, everything, everything, all things, no matter what your situation is, no matter how desperate it looks at the moment, it says that all things. And I'm just going to share this testimony. I asked mum if I could because this is her testimony um, that she's giving me the go-ahead to share it so that you guys can be blessed this morning. Let me just get some water. Um, okay, so this verse, you know, you, uh, we can say that and we can go, oh, yeah, God, it's all good. Um, but I think for mom, so my beautiful mom was married before she married my dad to a man called Brian. Um, and they were only married for three years. And they were young, they were in love. Um, and then mom found out that he had cancer. He had um, mesothelioma, which was cancer of the lung. Um, and within three months of them finding out the diagnosis, he had passed away. Um, and so for my mum, they had just bought a farm. Um, they were only three years married. Benara and I have been four years married, five years in January. Um, so I can understand to the smallest degree what it would be like for me to lose Benaya in this moment of our life when we're dreaming, when we're, you know, have a house together, when we're thinking about babies one day, all of that sort of stuff. Oh, I know, oh my goodness, one day, one day. No, <laughs> not today, not today. Whoa, Trash! Anyway, so I can imagine what it's like when you're freshly married, only three years in, to have all of these hopes and dreams with someone and then for them to be taken away from you. And my mom, is be like beautiful as she is, still, even though, yes, it was heartbreak, yes, if you talk to her about it, she would, would say, you know, it was the worst time and she would yell at God and say, what have you done? Why have you taken her away from me? She still felt the pain of that. But deep down, she knew that all things work together. And she had said that like, um, her first husband, Brian, wanted to go um, trekking in the Himalayas. And um, mum would always say, no, I don't want to go. It sounds like too much hard work. If we go on holidays, I want to just lay there. Like, and someone's like, so mum was like, I'm not going trekking in the Himalayas. Anyway, when Brian passed away, she felt like I actually need to go trekking in the Himalayas for him um, as like kind of a tribute to him and all of that sort of thing. So... The, she booked a trek. It wasn't for a couple of months because it, it was their rainy season. And my dad, my, my dad that's here today, my dad dad, um, he, <laughs> he was living in England and he had travelled overland in a Land Rover with a couple of friends, travelled through all of these crazy countries. If you ever want some crazy travel stories, come and talk to my dad because he travelled through Afghanistan and he travelled through Iran. He got held up at one point. Um, anyway, so go and talk to my dad if you want some crazy stories. Um, and so he had come from England, had travelled overland, and he was actually working in the mines in Tom Price in Western Australia. And he booked on the same trek. Oh. <laughs> And so my mum went on this trek, feeling obviously grief, feeling sadness, going for Brian. My dad had booked on the same trek. They met up. My mum wasn't interested in my dad to begin with because he worked in the mines. So he looked like a bit of a dirty miner. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he had a big beard. He was a bit scruffy. Um, but my dad is one of the most intelligent people that I know. He is one of the most um, well-rounded human beings in terms of understanding politics and travel and culture. And my dad is incredible. And so my mum wasn't interested, obviously. But then whenever he used to speak, he would have this beautiful, deep voice. Um, and 
would always have something to say about the topic of conversation. And mum thought, oh, that's actually really interesting because he looks real scruffy, but he's, you know, quite intelligent. <laughs> anyway, so from this, so from this, um, they all, you know, exchanged um, addresses. Everyone in the tour group, they all started to write letters to each other. And they had, um, anyway, long story short, they had this meetup, like a, a trek meetup um, reunion. And um, my dad was there and they kind of got talking. And my mum's first husband, Brian, had actually bought our farm. So if any of you guys know, we live in a beautiful property at Jasper's Brush. Um, and he had bought that. And he had said to my mum, um, don't sell the farm when I pass away for a year because he knew that mum would be so, you know, upset and grief that she would want to get rid of the farm, get rid of that memory. But he made her promise to not sell the farm. So anyway, so he, mum had the farm and she obviously wasn't like, you know, a farmer. So she had said to my dad, he was still working in the mines, have you ever worked on the east coast of Australia? Would you like to earn some money? And so then he, his mum actually hired him to come and work on the farm. <laughs> As a farmhand, anyway, long story short, they fell in love, they got married, and then Angie and I came along. Yay! <laughs> but what I just want to highlight, church, is the incredible ways that our God works. So mum had been married, she, they'd bought a farm together. He had said, don't sell the farm. Mum went on the trek, met my dad when she was from Australia. My dad was from England and they met at the highest point of the world under Mount Everest. And that Brian had never wanted to have kids. He had said to mum, no, I don't think I ever want to have children. If any of you know my mum, she was born to be a mum. And so that obviously was heartbreaking to her, but she loved Brian. So she was like, that's okay, God, that's okay. You know, the desires of my heart. So in all of that heartache, Ange and I, Obviously, we were born out of this beautiful marriage of my parents, but that we got to reap the blessing of growing up on a farm and growing up on a place that somebody else had purchased. And in all of this, mum keeps quoting it. Yes, it was so sad. Yes, it was traumatic. But God works everything, even the most heartbreaking moments, even the moments that you don't understand and it doesn't make sense. He works everything out for the good. Mum got to be a mum. Dad is an incredible dad. We've got to live on the farm, like all of that came from a moment of such trauma, of such grief. And yet mum trusted God enough to say, do you know what? You'll work everything out for my good. I love you and I know I'm called according to your purpose. So I wanted to encourage us this morning with that thought, church, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what might be happening in your world, that you can trust God above and beyond your situation because it says His Word is truth, His Word is life, and it doesn't mean that it might not look like what you think. I'm sure mum wasn't expecting to lose her first husband so young into their marriage doesn't mean that you're not still going to go through things, but at the end of it, at the other side, you can look back and go, God, you held me and you walked with me and I understood what you were doing in those seasons, even though I might not have in the moment, but looking back on it, I understand what you've done and that you can stand at the end of it and go, God, you're so good. You're so good. So that when something else comes up, you can go, do you know what? I saw you walk me through that and I saw you worked it out and I saw that you had me. I can trust you as I step into the next thing. No matter what you're facing, church, he will always work it out for your good. He will always work it out for your good. And I love that 
I have the beautiful opportunity. We're going to finish in a moment. But I have the beautiful opportunity to share with you about my mum. And like I said, some of you, today might be actually a really hard day for you. But just be encouraged. The power of being inside of a church family, the power of being connected, the power of feeling like you're not alone. In this place, we have incredible, incredible ladies, spiritual mums, physical mums, grandmas. We have incredible, incredible women in our house. You're not alone, church. You've got people that you can learn off. And let's never underestimate as well the power of discipleship. The power of discipleship and sharing your story with someone. Mum shared all of that with me so that then now one day I can, oh, I can share this with you. But then one day I can share that with my own kids. Even though she was my mum, she still discipled Ange and I in the ways of the Lord. She still intentionally gave us scriptures. She still intentionally showed us what the Father heart of God is. And even more so for our church family. You know, that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do for the next generation, for the next generation of young people coming in, for the next generation of Christians that are going to come in and going to need to be discipled and loved in their journey. The power of us discipling church, the power of you sharing your story, the power of you sharing what God has done. It doesn't just stop with the mums. It doesn't just stop with me sharing with you what my mum has done. Who are you sharing your story with? Who are you sharing the testimonies of what God has done? Let's always be a church community that knows the value of discipleship, that knows the value of walking alongside somebody and helping them on their journey, but that also knows the value of sharing the testimonies of what God has done. It's not a sad, like it's, it's not a bad thing to share, you know, even like that. Like mom lost her first husband. Some of you might think, oh my gosh, that's such a horrific, why would you even share that? Because of the goodness of God that has come out of that. Don't ever be ashamed about what, what's gone on in your life when you can see God's hand working you through it. Other people need to hear your story. Other people need to learn about God through your life. Other people need to hear you express the goodness of God in Jesus' name. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes, if that's okay, church. We're just going to take a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You know, I really feel, church, in this moment, there's two groups of people that I want to speak to, especially for those last two points that you can trust him to guide you and that you know that he will work it out for your good. I feel like there's people in this room that are struggling with their trust and struggling with releasing things to God, knowing that he'll look after them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will he will make your path straight, church. He will look after you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And that all things, all things, even the most traumatic things, work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. If you're in this place and those verses are just 
resonating with you and you, you might be thinking, Charlotte, I'm just, I'm struggling. I am struggling to trust that he's got me. Holy Spirit, I just pray for those people. And I ask God that you would just show them who you are. That you are so trustworthy. That you are so capable. That you are so able. That you're standing there, reaching out your hand. Saying, trust me. I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I've got you. Holy Spirit, would you show us who you are? Would you show us a deeper level of how to trust you and how to lean on you and how to know that at the end of the day, we've got you. It's all going to be okay. God, that you've called us to live free. You've called us to live abundant lives. You've called us to be kingdom-minded and kingdom-focused. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I also just want to offer up an invitation to any of those who feel far from God this morning. If you feel like maybe you've walked away from him, or even if you feel like, Charlotte, I've actually never, I've never known him. I've never, I've, never, I've never made that step or that decision before. I just want to make, have an invitation, have an opening for you to just say, yeah, Charlotte, I would love to commit my heart to God and to go on this journey of trusting him and learning from him and learning the free and abundant life that I'm called to have. So if that's you in this place, either you've walked away from God or you just don't feel close to him this morning, but you want to come back to him and you want to get to know the plans and purposes for your life with every eye closed. If that's you, would you just mind popping up your hand just so I can pray for you this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Once you've put your hand up, you can put it down. Thank you. I see your hand. Awesome. Thank you, God. Oh, he's so good. Can you feel him this morning, church? Can you feel his presence? He's so beautiful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Be refreshed this morning, church. Be refreshed in his presence. You know, there's no condemnation. There's no shame. There's no moment for you to sit there and feel bad about yourselves. This is a moment for you to be loved, for you to be healed, for you to be comforted, for you to be refreshed. He's so good. He's so beautiful. Thank you, God. Why don't we just pray as a church for these people that have put their hand up. We'll join together as a church to support them. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you that you love me and you've called me. And this morning, I'm coming back to you. I'm leaning into you and I'm receiving your love. I thank you, Jesus, that you made a way for me on the cross to be intimate and one with God. 
I give you my heart and I give you my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So good, church. Awesome. I just welcome up my husband. We'll all stand up, church. Fantastic. What a powerful word that was, hey. Let's give her an amazing hand. We are extremely blessed to have this lady. I know I'm blessed to have this lady. I get told all the time, how did you get that lady? She's way better than you. But as a church, we're actually extremely blessed to have this lady. You know, we are, we're definitely punching as a church. <laughs> Why don't you just put the hand, take your neighbor's hand or put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. We're going to pray over you. We're going to bless you. And um, all the mums here today as well. Um, today is Barbecue Sunday and it's actually, I want to encourage us as a church why don't you shout a mum lunch? Yes. Find a mum and shout her lunch. Uh, steak sandwich for all the mums, but make sure you shout them that. Mum, it's on me today. I'm paying for lunch. I've got you. Um, so, and we also have um, a Mother's Day photo booth. So on the way out, make sure that you get a photo up there. Michelle Green is running that. She'll love to take a photo of you to celebrate Mother's Day. But let's just pray over you. Let's just believe God's blessing over you yeah. in Jesus' name. All right, Father God, we thank you for our incredible church family. And we send them out this morning with your love, with your goodness, with your grace. Holy Spirit, I pray protection over every one of them as they go into their weeks. And God, that they would feel empowered by you, Holy Spirit, to live in freedom this week, to live in abundance this week, to live knowing that they can trust you, to knowing that, they, that you've got them and that you hold them. And Father God, we just pray for just for more people to come into our church. Holy Spirit, we ask for revival again as a church family. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would bring in the workers, that you would bring in the people that are broken, that are hurting, that are lost to find salvation, God. We ask for supernatural miracles in the house, God, for those people that are needing um, needing things, God, that put down prayer requests. We just pray for them again, God, and say just for your release in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. We love you, church. We love you, moms. We love you, moms. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.